Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 23 of the Flying V Anaheim Ducks podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, Southern California's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in Southern California and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Yeah, on this week's show, we've got a special guest, Kent. Uh, we're recording from the Huskins Coffee Shop. Uh, Kent's uh, filling in for a uh, sick employee, but uh, with us uh, today is Kyle Shohara. He is a digital content producer for the Anaheim Ducks, so uh, someone straight from the source coming to talk to us today. Kyle, how's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So you're coming off a pretty busy time. Uh, the trade deadline just passed on Monday. The Ducks were very busy, but um, I think I ask you this off the air. What's what's the atmosphere like over there just in the offices when, when, it's, uh, when it's tense like that and things are really moving? Yeah, trade deadline day is pretty hectic as a whole. Um, you know, it starts early. I would say roughly, you know, we get in around 6 to 6.30 a.m., and you know we're it's, it's it's a busy time. I mean, there's a lot of things in the air, moving parts in the air, and you know it it could be it could be hectic, um, you know, at times stressful. But you know, it's just one of those things where you kind of just go minute by minute. Okay, and a little bit of your background. So you said you, you're telling me you grew up here in Southern California. Um, how did you get into hockey and and uh, the Ducks and all that? Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Gardena, California. Uh, even though it's, I guess, technically L.A. County, I actually grew up a Ducks fan. Okay. So I became a Ducks fan when I was about seven years old. Uh, you know, I did, I did the typical SoCal hockey route, and I did uh, inline hockey. Played a lot of travel roller hockey. Didn't really get into playing ice hockey until 2009, which, ironically, um, the reason why I wanted to start getting into ice hockey is because I, I wanted to get my foot in the door working in the NHL. And I landed an internship with, <laughs> of all teams, the L.A. Kings. I was a PR, a public relations game night intern, and I was getting college credit for that while at Cal State Long Beach, and I thought, well, you know, if I'm going to work in professional hockey, ice hockey, I need to learn how to skate. And, I, you know, I played hockey pretty much all my life, but it was always in line, so um, started playing ice in 09 and kind of never looked back. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got my start in NHL, and then 2010, I actually landed a PR internship with the, with the Ducks, which was, at the time, it was a dream come true. You know what better way to 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 get into hockey than to work for your favorite team? You know, so that was pretty rewarding. Um, from there, I did a full time. I was I was a full time PR employee with the Colorado Avalanche. Did that for a year and a half, and then was fortunate enough to come back to the Anaheim Ducks, and I've been here ever since. Awesome. And yeah. I mean, I didn't know you're. I mean, you're, you're pretty good for only if I hadn't having <laughs> started skating ten years ago. How I've always been curious about that. Just I mean, before we get into the all the trades and stuff, like when I moved out here to, for college and started playing men's league and stuff, there are a lot of people who transitioned from. In, I mean, that's what a lot of Californians do: transition from inline to ice. What was what is that transition like? It was tough. I mean, like especially where I grew up. You know, all the kids in my neighborhood, we all kind of just played growing up on the like playing street hockey. And I didn't really know a lot of friends that played ice hockey, so I, I feel like it was a pretty common transition. Um, but I will say that uh, when I first started skating, um, when I first started skating seriously in 2009, I, you see all these, you know, you go to a public skate and you see these kids or whatever on, like, you know, the, the, the pusher, like the seal, and that was pretty much, like, how I was. Wow. 
I mean, I, you know, I could, I could do inline fine, but for whatever reason, I never really ice skated too much. I mean, it might've been like a pride thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you growing up, you play, you play hockey, but then like, you don't want to go out there and kind of look like a, look like a fool. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was, uh, it was a transition. Definitely big learning curve. And uh, I'm, I'm a D man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reasoning for that, <laughs> I think I had it flipped was that when I first started playing ice hockey in, in beer league, I was a forward because that's what I played in roller. And then I realized, and then, and then, you know, the thinking was, oh, just throw me back on D. And my thought was, oh, I don't have to skate that much. Where <laughs> in reality, it's like, that's not the case. And no. you also have to learn how to skate backwards really well. So it actually kind of forced me into learning how to skate, I think, better. Yeah. And to see the game differently. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of um, thankful that I just told my teammates just to throw me back on D. <laughs> so yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. I still skate. Um, you know, schedule permitting once or twice a week, maybe three if I'm lucky. Nice. There yeah. you go. The one thing I noticed about inline guys that transition to ice, they always have really good hands. Like you just like you kind of, uh, sometimes if you can if you see them if you're like if I'm skating against a guy and I notice he might not be the best skater, I, I usually get dangled because their hands are you guys' hands are so good. But you're also a great skater. I mean, I've seen you play. You're a great uh, skater. <laughs> yeah, that's always like the trademark. It's like you could pick out a guy who you know has played roller because their hands. I don't know if I was that guy because I don't know if my hands were that good. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a case for sure. Awesome. So let's get into the trade deadline. Uh, the Ducks were very active. I mean, I think they made something like six or seven trades. They they, they ship out Andre Kasha, uh, a few other guys. What what were your favorite trades from the deadline that the Ducks made? Uh, you thought? You know what? I've always been a fan of Sonny Milano and Danton Heinen. Uh, you know, I remember. You know, because for so for every. I attend every draft, so I cover that for the Ducks. And I remember 2014, Milano, or the NHL came out with a video on Milano, and he did like a stick tricks kind of thing. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, it'd be, he's such a skilled player. I wonder what he'd be like, you know, if we ever got him. So, you know, I, I, I liked that I liked that move. I, I like Sonny Milano a lot. And then I also like Dan Heinen. I remember him from the Denver University Pioneers mm-hmm. when he played with Troy Terry. Mm-hmm. You know, I like those. And then... You know, I, I remember Matt Irwin, who we got from the Predators. I remember him during those playoff series against them, mm-hmm. you know, and seeing him up close and, and going through those series uh, firsthand. I remember that. And, you know, I, I, I liked Christian Juice, the defenseman from Washington. I remember him from his run in the cup finals and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I like those two. And then, you know, I've gotten to know David Backus over the past week or so. Uh-huh. Got him for the, in the Kasha deal. And he's just a really good guy, you know. He, he's one of those guys where, like, you talk to him for a second and you can just feel that leadership coming from him. And I think he, he's a good positive influence in our locker room, especially with the team that we are. We're in transition right now. We've got a lot, a lot of young faces. So I think a guy in there with that kind of experience, that kind of leadership would could only bode well moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I think the Ducks had a really good trade deadline. Uh, uh, I definitely was a fan of the Milano trade. I think it's such a... Uh, creative player and uh, I mean compared to Nick Ritchie they're drafted I think six spots apart in the same draft so uh, Ritchie's had a little more experience in the NHL Milano is more of that untapped uh, unknown quantity and I think he showed what he's capable of uh, the other night with that a couple of those plays especially that first goal that creativity looked looked awesome Um, and then it's funny uh, I grew up in New England so I grew up a Bruins fan so I know a little bit about about the the guys they traded Heinen um, Heinen's definitely, if the Ducks are looking to get faster or more skilled, I mean, that's that's what they got, a, a quick guy. I think he's still kind of learning the ropes because I know 
I mean, not learning the ropes, but he, he moved to so many different lines on the Bruins. I mean, he was playing with Bergeron and Pasternak and, and uh, Marchand sometimes and Krejci, and then sometimes he's on the fourth line. And I don't know, I obviously never played in the NHL, but I feel like consistency <laughs> can help. <laughs> yeah. So I'm hoping when, it, when he gets here with the Ducks that he, he gets an opportunity to play with some guys and, and, uh, and, and, and gain that consistency and that confidence. But I think he can be good. Uh, Juice, I think, great pickup with the, the Stanley Cup experience. I mean, it, it can only help to have him on a roster with guys like Mahura and Larson, mm-hmm. uh, even though he's not that old, like just telling them, kind of, hey, this is what it's required and having that experience. Uh, I, I agree. I think it was a, a definitely a good trade deadline for them. Um, you mentioned Milano. Why, why are you, you, you talked about his stick tricks and stuff like that. What else excites you about just watching him? I just think he's like, he's just exciting to watch. He's really skilled and obviously he can score. He's got some speed too. And, you know, I think with our team, we're looking to get younger, faster, more skilled. And I just think he brings a slightly different element to this team that maybe we were lacking. And, you know, I was, I was watching him closely just to kind of see how he fit. He, he started that game against the Oilers alongside Getzloff and Raquel. Mm-hmm. So he's getting a great chance right off the bat. And I just think he just brings a slightly different dynamic. You know, he's, uh, he's a goal scorer, and there's just so much potential there. Maybe it just wasn't a right fit in Columbus for whatever reason. So, you know, you often, we all, you often hear about players that benefit from a change of scenery. So maybe now, you know, with a different team or whatever, different line mates, you know, maybe... If he can be a 20, 25 goal scorer for us, I think that's a, that's a, that's a great pickup. And the nice thing is he's only 23. Mm-hmm. So there's still, you know, we've heard, we've heard that name, his name before, but when I look at it, he's still very young. Yeah. And he kind of fits in, in terms of age range, with the kind of the youth movement that we're moving forward with. So I think he's, he's exciting. I mean, we've seen some of his highlight goals like this year. He went between the legs against Dallas when he mm-hmm. was with the Blue Jackets. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just... It's an incredible goal. So, but you know, I'm not expecting him to do that every game. But if he can at least, you know, insert some goal scoring to this team, which we need, I think it'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Shifting gears a little bit to a guy who who was traded away, Derek Grant. I mean, having he had a great season, is having a great season still. Um, it was fun to watch him kind of break out uh, for the second time in Anaheim. What was it like? Uh, what was he like just in the locker room? Uh, uh, your experience seemed like a really good, happy-go-lucky guy who who didn't let the the kind of the the difficult stuff dissuade him or. or Kind of get him off track. Yeah, he was, uh, he was. He's just a great guy. Great guy on and off the ice. He was always a pleasure to talk to inside the locker room. You know, one of the things I really appreciate, especially in my role with the Ducks, are guys that, you know, whether it's following a win or maybe it's a really tough loss or maybe they didn't have the best game, they're always willing to take the time to talk. And you know, and I, I'm, I'm sure at times it's frustrating. It's probably not something that is not on the top of their list that they want to do at that moment. But he was always so gracious. We shared a lot of laughs, and he's, I think he was just a great guy in the room. The players really liked him, and he kind of, you know, his first stint here, he was great, and then obviously, and then he came back this year, and, you know, he went on a tear, and I just think, it's just funny how, like, a guy like that, an unsung guy, who kind of had to earn every inch along the way in his career, became almost like a cult fan favorite, Mm -hmm. so I think what a lot of fans see from an outside perspective, you know, a, a positive uh, outlook on him is what we saw in the room. I mean, I'd, he's just a great guy. Always one, always one of the guys where, you know, I'd see him in passing in the locker room and we'd always say what's up to each other. So 
Yeah, I'm going to miss him. I know it's part of the business, but yeah, great guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish him the best of luck in Philadelphia. And I think uh, it's funny, I wrote an article making the case that they why the Ducks would keep him. I mean, I, uh, I understand why they traded him too, because I mean, you, you can get an asset for a guy and a uh, fourth round pick is, I mean, they've made great picks in the seventh round. It's really, it's... Uh, just more assets, the better at this point. And, and who knows? You never know whether he can come back and he's going to be a free agent. So, uh, But I wish I uh, wish him luck and hope he continues to succeed in Philadelphia because he really – he's a fun guy to watch too. Had some real speed, some that, that kind of move that he, he makes on all those shorthanded goals where he kind of opens the goalie's pads up and slides it between the legs. He's an exciting player. He's an exciting player. And, you know, the, the beauty of it is that, you know, a lot of the fans uh, coined him Elite 1C. Mm-hmm. But the, the great thing is that he, not only does he give you good even strength play, but he's also a fixture on the PK. We saw his shorthanded goals. Uh, and then he also got power play time. Mm-hmm. He gets the job done in every scenario on the Wins ice. face-offs. Wins face-offs. He's physical. He's in for a big man. He could move. And, uh, I mean, just seeing him, you know, race down on the ice on a breakaway shorthanded, it's almost like a given. I'm mm-hmm. like, he's going to so, – somehow he's going to – Open up, and he's going to tuck it five-hole shorthanded. And, you know, it almost became a given. So, yeah. yeah, he was a good player. Were there any trades around the league that kind of raised your eyebrow? You were like, wow, I didn't think that guy was going to go. Or, or um, anyone who you were like, I mean, not, not why did a team make that trade, but like, well, that was kind of a, felt like a steep price to pay. I think um, I, maybe I'll start off with the one that wasn't made. You know, we were, I was watching, you know, Sportsnet and TSN and stuff and looking on Twitter and the – Parise potentially to the Isles, I thought would have been that was interesting. I, you know, I mean, we're all fans and we're all kind of guessing where players are going, but that was one that I didn't expect. Obviously, it didn't come to fruition, but that one raised definitely raised my eyebrows. I was surprised on that. You know, I'm trying to think around the league. Um, Vincent Trocheck to the to the Hurricanes, I thought was interesting considering Florida is still within the mix of a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Interesting move there. Um, I thought Mike Green to Edmonton, that that kind of caught me by surprise, and I think that was pretty much it. There was really nothing. I mean, there were so many trades that I'm it's sure I'm missing some of them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that one I thought was a little surprising. And then I thought, speaking of the Oilers, I know they got Ennis in from Ottawa, and then they got Athanasiu from Detroit. And so when I saw that, you know, I've been, I'm a big Athanasiu fan. I just like his speed. So I was like, oh, my God, they're going to throw him on the wing with McDavid. And it's just going to be yeah. – they're going to be burning up the ice. And sure enough, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, the Ducks were able to neutralize them as best they could. But yeah. I think um, – yeah, I, I mean, I might be missing other trades around that, that happened that day. But I would say the, the, the green one, the Trocek one, definitely was a little surprising. Yeah. The one for me was Barclay Goodrow uh, from the Islanders, from the, from the Sharks to the, yes. uh, to the Lightning. Lightning, yeah. That was like, it's because it's funny you see uh, when people are, you read on Twitter and stuff, people complain kind of about the prices. Some, a team yeah. paid too much or a team paid too little. And I think that trade uh, made made some. Tea. I mean, that's the outlier. Like, yeah. I mean, he had well, he has twenty seven points or something like that, or around thirty, and the Lightning give up a first rounder for mm-hmm. him. That seemed like an overpayment. Uh, and the Ducks. I mean, well, I say the Ducks. The Lightning. I mean, they're obviously in it to win it now. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to trying to sell out just to get that title. But mm-hmm. uh, I was surprised, and people were then using that to compare it to the Kasha trade, and I was like, that's not like. The Goudreau trade is the one that was, I mean, Goudreau spelled not Johnny Goudreau. The, uh, <laughs> just in case anybody yes. just tuned in, Barkley Goudreau. Uh, 
that one is the one that was the outlier for me. It's like, that's a steep payment for, for someone. He's a good player, but I mean, not, especially on the Lightning, he's going to be a depth guy. So like, yikes. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Now that I think about it, the one that I didn't expect was seeing Robin Leonard go from Chicago to Vegas. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting, and then Malcolm Subban going the other way. Yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, I know they. I know. I, I know Subban got shipped out, but Malcolm Subban. But I know Leonard joined Vegas. Yeah. And so I was like, "Whoa, okay." He um, and and they went up. I mean, uh, the they became like quickly rocketed up the uh, the the gambling. Uh, I'm having a brain fart. Cause I'm real tired. Uh, <laughs> the the odds for the Stanley Cup. They went up. I mean, I think a few spots. Uh, um, Dom, I can't pronounce his last name. Dom Lejushkin, or Le, mm-hmm. the guy who writes for the Athletic yeah. and, and has all those percentages. He had Vegas like third or ranked third or fourth, and I was surprised to see that considering some of the other things they struggled with. But uh, I think it has a lot to do with, uh, I mean, Laner Laner getting there because Subban uh, had some good backup seasons there. But I remember when he played in Boston, just a few games, he he struggled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, I mean, I think I agree with you. That's a big pickup for them. It's a big pickup, and, you know, we, we actually played them the other night, and they, they seem to be rolling right now. You mm-hmm. know, they're such a good team. And, you know, you always hear about you can never have enough, you know, center depth or defenseman depth heading into the playoffs. But if you could get a good one-two in goal, mm-hmm. who knows how far that could take you. Yeah. I mean, whenever a hot goalie arrives in the playoffs, it's like yeah. all of a sudden it's – yeah, if I mean, all you have to do is look back to 2003 with the Ducks uh, and J- and J.S. Jaguar. Yeah. I remember I was probably only 15 or 16 when that was happening, and I, I was still blown away by how how much he would dominate games. I mean, he he carried that that team to the point where he won a Cod Smythe in the losing effort. So, for sure, agree with you there. <laughs> um, be uh, uh, aside from the Ducks, I mean, we talked about kind of surprising uh, moves, but was there a team you think that had the best deadline? Ducks separated. <laughs> yeah, I would think, you know what, I thought, um, I liked the Islanders picking up J.G. Pajot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was a good move for them, especially moving forward. He's a player, I, like, I watched, I, I kind of tuned into his debut. I always like watching the debut of players with new teams, for whatever reason, maybe it's just seeing them in a New Jersey, but I mean, the guy had a goal and he had a fight, it's like, how do you, you know, you, if... <laughs> That's how you win over fans, a lot of fans, I think, in my opinion. I thought, um, speaking of that, I know, I know Washington picked up Brendan Dillon mm-hmm. for a playoff run. Guy mucks it up with Evgeny Malkin behind the net <laughs> in Washington. Like, that's the kind of stuff I love to see. And especially in the playoffs, you know, when the game gets heavier, naturally, it's good to have, I think it's good to have some, some muscle on the back end like that. You know, and then Carolina, too, they, they, they were wheeling and dealing. I thought, you know, from... From from a fan's perspective, I think that they were active, and I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll kind of see, but uh, it's just one of those things. I think you know Vegas picking up some depth in goal, the Islanders getting some center depth, and you know Washington solidifying that back end with some beef, some snarl. I mean, you know these are these are teams that are have hopes of going deep in the playoffs. So I think that well, only time will tell. But we'll see how those moves ended up for them. And that uh, uh, you jog my memory. So that Pajot fight, the the hit that he was responding to. Oh my goodness, true. But I forget who it was. He yeah. hit. But oh my god. He did. Was... He laid him out for sure. It was like you, you don't. You know, it's crazy. Like you don't really see those kind of hits anymore. No. Just guys stepping up. I, it was. I think it was just inside the blue line. But like open ice hits, you just don't really see that anymore. Yeah. So that yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh my god, that was 
thunderous. Yeah, that reminded me immediately of um, it was 2006. It was uh, uh, Campbell hitting Umberger, the Flyers and uh, Sabers. That was the same thing, and it yeah. just, I mean. There was definitely some contact to the head, but it was like you can't really avoid. Uh, you're not gonna. Are you not gonna make that hit? And he wasn't head hunting. It wasn't like he kind of stuck his elbow or his shoulder out to clip him. He just straight full on body on body. And yeah. uh, I, I forget. Like I said, I forgot who it was that that ended up on the receiving end of that hit. But it, good to see him get up and and then Pajot went over the fans with uh, going after. Uh, I, was it he did he he went after Truba right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Wow. I mean that that's a, a pretty awesome. Uh, if you're if you're a fan of kind of old school hockey yeah. like that, it was a pretty interesting thing to watch. So let's move uh, let's move on to the the, the first game uh, that some of these new acquisitions got to play for the Ducks against the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to a little more detail. I mean, we've we've spoken about Milano a little bit already, but uh, what were your impressions from Heinen's first game? I liked Heinen a lot. I thought, you know, he I think he played alongside. I want to say he played alongside Silverberg, maybe. No, no, no. I think he centered. He was he was alongside Henrique. I liked what he did in his debut. I know. I mean, I know it's, it can't be easy to go from one team to another, especially if, if teams slightly vary in their systems. But I mm-hmm. thought, I thought he was great. He sh- he nearly scored in the first. Yeah. You know, nice backdoor play, and then I thought he set up the, the play that he the pass that he made to Henrique in the slot, a one touch pass. I thought was great. Yeah. And you know, one of the things I. I've noticed about Heinen is at least with Boston in, in the games that I've seen is that. He has that defensive awareness, defensive mm-hmm. presence, and so it's always good to have a, a nice two-way guy. So, you know, you, we slotted him on left wing. I know he's played center at times, but I, I thought he was I thought he was good, nice and solid in his in his debut, and he adds a little a little two-way game to our you know top nine or whatever, or top six if you want to call it that. And guy got on the board with a nice assist at at a key juncture in the game. I know it was the go-ahead goal with about you know, seven minutes to go. Edmonton tied it, but at the time I thought that was a big time play, and that was good to see. Matt Irwin, I was because Hampus Lindholm went out with an injury. They went with five D the rest of the way, and he finished I think with twenty one minutes, game high seven hits. And the one that stood out to me was when he stood up. I'm almost certain he stood up Jujar Kara at center ice, mm-hmm. and it was it was a body on body. But the key thing I think at that time was that he separated him from the puck, yep. which led us to transition the other way. I thought that was good. He was, he was solid. He, he started the game paired alongside Juice, who I thought had a nice, safe, stable game. After after the game, our head coach, Dallas Aikens, praised him for his puck moving. Mm-hmm. And I thought we saw that in that game. He got some power play time, too. And he's another guy, a young guy, that yeah. maybe, you know, kind of fell down the depth charts in Washington. And he was tearing it up with Hershey in the American League. But here's another case where maybe a change of scenery, a fresh start would do wonders. Mm-hmm. And... And we had how many? We had five guys make their Ducks debut that night. Agazino, <laughs> wow. yep. um, who I remember from his time with Lake Erie uh, when I was with the Avalanche in uh, 2011-12. I thought he was a. I thought he fit in just fine in that fourth line center role. Mm-hmm. He, they didn't score in it, but I vividly remember him chipping a puck past an Oilers D man, got in on a two on one, fed it into Rowney in the slot. Puck was rolling, Rowney. Uh, Rowney's shot went just wide, but I liked that from him. Am, am I missing anybody? Let's no, see. I think that's... Uh, Irwin, Irwin, Juice, yep, uh, Agazino, Heinen, and then Milano. Yeah, Milano. Yeah, Milano's two-goal game, obviously. Was, yeah. It was great uh, to see. It was. Um, 
and just the I, the the double I, the thing that stuck with me was the two just pushing the, the strength he had with his one hand Milano? on multiple occasions. Yeah, I loved to see that because he curled back, didn't give up on the play, forced the turnover. But then when the puck was loose, you could even want to call it a 50-50 puck. He had the presence to chip it by, yeah. then took a couple of his strides, and then chipped it past Mike Smith. I mean that that I like to see that extra effort, mm-hmm. and it's nice to see him get rewarded. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And yeah. I think that might have been like his second shift. Yeah, second, third shift. So I was like, okay, Incre- <laughs> that was pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the one guy uh, he didn't actually play. I mean, I think he's in the AHL now. But I was I was actually I'm excited to see Joe. I think his first name is Joel mm-hmm. Person. Uh, yeah. The defenseman they got. Um, he. I mean, what did they give up for him? I forget, but. It was relatively low price for uh, a puck-moving Swedish defenseman mm-hmm. uh, who I think it, it might be able to, if he makes it in the if he gets to the NHL level this season, might be able to make a little bit of a difference because he's right-handed shot, which is rare. Good puck mover, they say quarterback the, the power play in the AHL. So that that might be a sneaky, also uh, very uh, cheap pickup that that's I think could make an impact if, if he gets up here at some point I think so too and he was uh you know he wasn't a guy that I was all too familiar with I was looking at his numbers in the AHL and they're pretty good but but like you said the the coveted right shot D a guy that could work on the power play he's in San Diego now so I, I you got to figure that he'll give that team a boost as mm-hmm. they make a postseason run and yeah you know we gave up a depth goaltender Angus Redmond so you know we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes I think we're kind of restocking the right shot D depth mm-hmm. in the organization with, we got Axel Anderson, that prospect yep. in the, in the Kasha deal. Absolutely. And then we have, now we have uh person or person. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, obviously we still have Manson and we've got a few guys down, down the line. Chris Weidman's in the AHL. So it's, it's good to see that right shot kind of getting beefed up a little bit. Yeah. Anderson too. That was uh, one thing that I was, I was, uh, I thought it was interesting. People, some people were a little critical of, of the prospect that they got back from the Bruins, but I, I mean, you can, you never really assume where a guy's ranked in, in another team system as to where like where how he's going to end up because he's I mean he's buried behind the, in Boston behind I mean obviously uh, McAvoy, Carlo, Grizzly, Krug. I mean they have their defensive core is pretty good and uh, the Ducks. I mean have a couple guys. Both, I mean, now one of them's in Boston and Kasha, but on defense and Manson, that there's a late round draft pick, seventh rounder, and now he's he's one of the better established top pairing defensemen in the league. So I, I think that Anderson, you mentioned also right shot defenseman. He, he, I think he he might surprise some people too. I think so too, and and we seem to have uh, we seem to do well with Swedish defensemen <laughs> yeah. in our system yeah. <laughs> over the years, and so it's, it's you know it's it's nice to see he's it's. It's interesting because he's Swedish D-man, but he's playing in the Canadian Juniors, QMJHL, mm-hmm. and he's teammates with one of our prospects, Bo Gruhl, mm-hmm. in Moncton. So, you know, I feel like not often do you see a guy from with plenty of international experience, especially in Sweden, to jump to Canadian Juniors. Slightly different route, but we'll see how it goes. I'm excited to see him, what he can do, you know, moving forward with, with Moncton, but also seeing him in development camp mm-hmm. and what he can do here because... From you know the, the the scouting reports and 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 the breakdowns you read on him, he seems like there's an, there's some upside there and a lot of upside actually and so yeah I mean it's an it's an exciting time yeah you know, especially with 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 the young the youth movement if you want to call it that with the Ducks so you know obviously we've got a couple talented kids in the pipeline still mm-hmm. that have yet to to come up so 
I think the future is bright. Speaking of talented kids, I don't know if I uh, if I I didn't include this on the questions, but um, I'm curious to see uh, once the college season ends if if Zegers is going to move up and and I, I I personally think it might be not in the Ducks' best interest to bring him up to the NHL. Uh, I mean, not in, not necessarily in a playoff race, but if if you if you come up to the AHL, if he'll sign his entry level deal and and kind of dip his toe in the water in professional hockey, or if he decides to stay at Boston University and, and get another year, season of seasoning, season, wow, that sounded dumb. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, do you, uh, I'm trying to think of a, I don't even know if I'm asking a question really, but <laughs> he, he, I think he'll be exciting. Speaking of young, talented guys who are, who are coming up, Braden Tracy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there's a lot to look forward to. Is there, is there a player specifically that, you, that you're looking forward to, to coming up uh, soon in the next couple of years? I mean, I, you know, I would love to see what, Zeg- uh, yeah, what Zegers could do at the NHL level. There was, I mean, uh, you talk about a guy that took center stage world juniors. I mean, some of those plays he was making was unbelievable. I would I'd love to see you know what what he can eventually do here whenever that may be mm-hmm. uh, you know maybe he if, if he does turn pro after this season or if he spends another year or however long it takes I think there's just so much to like about him mm-hmm. and I know he's still very young and there obviously will be a learning curve but he's just such a exciting player so dynamic and like you said too Braden Tracy is a guy that we we took a look at in uh, training camp and preseason he played. He actually played in the uh, rookie tournament that mm-hmm. we had at Great Park Ice. I thought he was good. 18 years old. Yeah. Barely turned 18, and he, he's a goal scorer. And I, those two guys, for sure, are, are definitely going to be you know guys to look at. And you know, I'm trying to think of anyone else in, in, in the system. There, we, we've got actually Bo Gruel still. You know, he's a nice two-way center who's putting up numbers in the queue. So I think the next two years, two or three years, and, and can, whoever we get in this year's draft in Montreal, I'm... I think it's going to be some exciting times for this team. Yeah, actually, yeah. that reminded me uh, um, a couple guys that we got a good look at over just right around Christmas time was uh, for the the SoCal Clash when Harvard came into town. Uh, Henry Thrun mm-hmm. and I'm having a brain fart right now. Was and Bedini. Other? Bedini, yeah. yeah Bedini Dini. played real well that first game. And Thrun had uh, just the thing that sticks out in my head was a long indirect stretch pass that sprung one of his teammates for a goal. I mean... Both of those guys were exciting to see too, and and up like so up close and personal. Yeah, I think that was great. I was, uh, I remember Thrun from his World Junior, his international experience with Team USA, and and when he was still on the board, I think we got him in the fourth round. I was I was stoked. I was a fan of his, mm-hmm. you know. And I, from what I remember from watching him, is he was there was nothing flashy, and there's nothing wrong with that as mm-hmm. a D man. Mm-hmm. But he was smart. Mm-hmm. Always made a great first pass. He was good in his own zone. And I liked what I saw in, the, in, I'd say, the rookie tournament at Great Park and then at the SoCal Clash. Again, like you said, great stretch pass, things like that. But he's a smart kid, mm-hmm. and he's a good head on his shoulders. And he, I feel like that could be, and again, whenever, whenever he makes the jump, I, that's a nice safety blanket to have on the back end. I think he, he's looking really good as a, as a freshman in, in college, especially yep. as a defenseman. Yeah. You know, like, and he's putting up points too, which I think is, is only a plus. Yeah. And yeah. Bedini, the thing I liked in the clash was he was always leading the rush. It was always him, and I'm probably getting this guy's name wrong. Riley Walsh, I think he's, a, he's another Harvard uh, NHL prospect, but I think I want to say maybe the Avalanche or the Devils. But he and he and, and Bedini were, uh, felt like always the guy carrying the puck, leading in transition, quick transitions, mm-hmm. and, and getting, causing uh, odd men rushes in the, uh, in the ASUN. So I think. 
if, if, I mean, everyone's looking to increase their speed and their skill, but those are two guys who, I think, mid-round draft picks who are going to have an impact in the future. I think so, too. It was nice. It was just nice to get a, a close, in-depth look at a guy like Jack Bedini because he goes, he goes away to college in the summer, so we never really get to see him outside of early July at our prospect development camp. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to see him in action. And then one more thing on Thrun. I, I remember kind of taking a mental note on some of the players that I thought stood out. Yeah, there, there's D-Man two-way D-man, Rathbone, I think he's a Vancouver prospect on, mm-hmm. on Harvard that really stood out to me. But in addition to him, it was Thrun. Like mm-hmm. Those two D-men really stood out to me in those, in those two games. So, yeah, it was exciting to watch. I hope we get another NCAA game or, or two or three yeah. in the future. That was fun to watch. Yeah. If you have the time, I'd love to ask you a couple questions about that because, I mean, you went, you went to Long Beach, correct? I went to Long Beach State, yeah. Yeah, they have a good, a good ACHA team. I've always had a good ACHA team for a long time. But uh, and I, I covered a little bit of USC and and I would love to see college hockey, Division One college hockey, come here. I mean, I think that's an understatement for a lot of hockey fans. But uh, the way that the, the Ducks kind of uh, helped along with Harvard, kind of create that that tournament or that two game series here was was awesome to see. So many so many kids in the stands, and then just a lot of people genuinely interested in college hockey. Yeah, I, I thought that was great. Who who do you think? I mean, I, I don't know. Um, uh, I mean, you're super busy, I'm sure. I don't know if you've had enough time to pay attention to kind of the ACHA since you left Long Beach, but uh, who do you think would be a good candidate maybe to, to pick up a, an NCAA D1 team around here? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, I could I could stay true to my alma mater and say <laughs> Long Beach State, but I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because, like, we saw ASU take mm-hmm. the jump, right? So, I mean, I don't know. I, I would say... I will just go with Long Beach State. Yeah, I'll keep it true. No, I I, I, I agree. I agree. I think they do. They have some of the infrastructure in place. I mean, they have that rink in Long Beach. They, I mean, it's pretty pretty sizable. <laughs> it would be one of the bigger college hockey rinks, but uh, they do already have a rink, and I think that's a huge a huge thing. People always point to USC and UCLA, and they're like, "Oh, these are the, they have all the, the the rich alumni," and they. But it's like I don't think. I mean, they're not interested in my in my point of view in building a a rink that you need on campus or near campus to get that kind of turn that into a revenue sport. The I think Irvine has a good chance. I mean, they've they've got great park in their backyard. That's true. And and uh, yeah, maybe Irvine. Yeah, but you know what I will say, Long Beach State. Uh, the, the potential for Jersey, the look of the Jersey, yeah, I think, gets me pumped. Yeah, I just uh, the color combination. I don't know. Maybe there's potential there, but the, and I we'll think uh, so. They're the forty nine. That's the forty niners are their their actual mascot. The baseball team's named the Dirtbags. I wonder if they'd come up with their own like mascot, kind of like the baseball team, like the maybe the, the ice something. I don't know. <laughs> maybe <laughs> the ice bags. That doesn't really work. The ice holes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be pretty funny. But. Uh, Hey, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you, you, you discussing Ducks hockey and, and a little bit of college hockey with me. Sorry, Kent's still making the cappuccinos in there. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> I'm going to ask him to make me one, too. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's, you, you're, I mean, you love it here. I, love co- I do love it here, and I love coffee. I'm a big uh, third-wave kind of coffee kind of guy. So, you know, when, when I got the invite to come down to the Huskins establishment itself, I was in. Awesome. Yeah, I was in. Um, well, anything, any social media you want to promote? Anything you got, you want to, you want to pop out there? No, I mean, you know, you could, if you, if you choose to do so, you can read a lot of my articles on AnaheimDucks.com, team website. It's just, you know, I, we do a lot of, I do a lot of the game previews, game recaps, feature stories, stuff like that. So if you want to kind of read more about how our team's doing or get a look at our new guys, you can do that. 
you know, I don't really plug my social media too much. It, mm. It's just one of those things I kind of do as an extension, but it's, it's just my name, Kyle Shahara, at Kyle Shahara on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I, I will say, though, Twitter is very hockey heavy. Yeah. A lot of hockey. So it's pretty much all I talk about. And then uh, on, the, on the IG, on the Insta, it's almost entirely of music and, and uh, annoying photos of myself uh, doing coffee pour overs. So yeah, hey, I mean, if somebody <laughs> if somebody wants to get to know the man behind the articles, then the yeah. Instagram is the way to go. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and at you know at the root of it, I'm just a uh, I'm just a guy who loves this game, loves hockey, grew up a Ducks fan. So yeah, hit me up. After agree with you more, and you can follow Kent at h u s k under dash v e r n a on Instagram. You can follow me at Delhi Tweets D E L L I T W E E T S on Twitter, and I got my own. I started my own media Instagram that pretty much no one follows right now, but it's Media Delhi M E D I A D E L L I. If you want to see any Instagram live stories of me uh, picking my nose or whatever <laughs> I might be doing and, and giving some takes, but uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, Kyle, and uh, uh, look out for next episode. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube